0: james runs the nba now no question he plays for who he wants he plays with whoever he wants even as we speak lebron is in the process of choosing his new team and recruiting stars to join him there whether it be through opting out or trade or however because lebron can make it happen i like it better when the owners run things in sports because when the players run things the paying customers left totally out the equation that's always been true with the pirates too but Pittsburgh is so dumb it took you rubes the best part of a decade to figure that out. But with most owners, you gotta sell tickets. It's about greed, the same as with LeBron, but at least the fans are in the loop. But LeBron just waltzed out of Cleveland, and then he waltzed out of Miami, and now he's gonna waltz out of Cleveland again, and he's gonna rip apart a bunch of teams to do what's good for him, and only him. LeBron gets his salary, once he signs, he's paid. And he has all these other revenue streams, too. There has never been loyalty in sports. Never. But no one has ever stuck that fact up everybody's backside quite like LeBron James. Hey, LeBron, you and player power. Guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Merz Plumbing. Call 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Joining me now, he's in town for the Penguins prospect camp up at the Lemieux Complex in Cranberry. He is the team's top draft pick this year. He is defenseman Kalen Addison. Uh, Kalen, welcome aboard. How do you like Pittsburgh so far?
1: Thank you. Uh, It's been awesome. I mean, I went down to uh, the city and and thought it's a really beautiful city. And um, in terms of the organization, they've been so welcoming. And, um, you know, I felt so comfortable around the facility and just being here.
0: Now, when you got selected by Pittsburgh in the second round of the draft, what was your reaction, Kalen? Because it seems an ideal fit, considering your mobility and skill. Uh, the Penguins are a fast team, and you're a fast player.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, as soon as I got picked, I realized holy it's, uh you know, this is probably the best fit for me in terms of my style of play and, and being a right-hand shot defenseman, so, um, and also, it's probably the best organization you can go to in the NHL, so. I mean, it's, uh, it's an, it was an exciting time for me, and um, looking at it from, from that standpoint, it is probably the best fit for me, too.
0: Boy, that right-hand shot defenseman stuff, Kalen, that's like hitting the lottery, isn't it? Those guys are always in demand.
1: Yeah, they are. It's, uh, there's, it's rare to have the the righties. You know? uh, it's good for me that I'm right-handed, and, and the style of game I play fits me, fits uh, their organization well.
0: Now, you're 5'11", which isn't big. Not small, but not big. How do you handle physicality? At that size. Obviously, your skating is a big weapon, but how do you deal with it?
1: Uh, I think you just got to be smart with it. I mean, I don't think... I think I'm a pretty strong guy for my size, but, I mean, it's just kind of being smarter with your size and and your body and just knowing how to defend guys with your feet and stick and and just be smart with your body.
0: Now, you averaged almost a point per game with Lethbridge, a major junior in the Western League. Where do those points come from, Kalen? How do you generate offense typically?
1: Uh, I mean... I think that's just my style of game is just being offensive. But um, at the same time, I mean, you look at you look at our power play there and, and some of the players we had on our team, and, you know, it sounds cliche, but at the end of the day, I mean, I honestly couldn't have done it without the players that were around me. And, um, you know, guys like Dylan Cousins, Taylor Ross, uh, Jordy Bellarive, Brad Morrison, I mean, made it pretty easy to, to produce out there.
0: Jordy Bellarive, a Penguin prospect, of course. We're looking forward to seeing him at camp as well i saw some video of some of your passes you throw these slide roll passes uh you know through people you know all the way up the rink when did you develop that kind of vision because for a kid your age that's pretty rare
1: uh, i think it's just been you know just working on it my whole life and but also just like watching a lot of hockey and video and uh you know i love the game and, and i do a lot of that so i think it just comes from you know just paying attention to hockey all the time and and i think your your vision is something you're kind of naturally born with in terms of uh, your hockey vision so um, I think that's one of my biggest strengths and you know I just kind of use it and just have fun with it out there.
0: Have your coaches encouraged the offensive side? Uh, We've had Paul Coffey on this show who of course won a bunch of Stanley Cups with Edmonton and Pittsburgh and he said if he played today the coaches would never allow him to play like he did. How encouraging have your coaches been with the offensive side of the game?
1: Uh, I mean it's uh that's my style of game and you know, I think Pittsburgh picked me for a reason, and that's to play that game. But, um, you know, my coaches growing up and, and my coaches in junior have have allowed me to just play my game. And and they've given me all the opportunity offensively. And, you know, they want me to be as offensive as I can. And, and you know, always uh, joining that third, fourth layer in the rush and, and just always producing offense. So, I mean, if I didn't have that encouragement from my coaches, I wouldn't be the same player I am. So uh, just being allowed to do that every game is... Uh, makes it fun and and allows me to have success
0: we're talking to kaylin addison penguins prospect here on the home of the penguins 105.9 now i've seen some scouting reports that say you should skate the puck a bit more grab it and go uh what's your take on that
1: Uh, i think there's like a happy medium you gotta you know you gotta give it and join in sometimes or or you gotta stay back depending on you know who you're on the ice with or who you're against so i mean like i said there's a happy medium of of if you want to skate it or, or move it more so um, you know, I think that'll just come over time of, uh, you know, knowing when to pick my spots more and, and knowing when to skate it more. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just kind of a maturing thing in my game, I think.
0: Now, people have compared you to Latang, and, and that's going to happen here in Pittsburgh, Kalen, but you liken yourself more to Tyson Barry of Colorado, correct? Uh, he's had some influence on your game, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, we're kind of similar size and stature, and, you know, the way that he, that he moves and, and gets up ice and and is creative with the puck and joins into joins into the rush and, and jumps into open areas is pretty similar to me. And um, but in terms of his defensive game, I think I want to model my game more after him there. And um, because I know that's smart, what some of my areas of improvement that I need. And you know he's smart with his stick and feet for for his size. So I need to you know, I need to model my defensive game after him a little bit more too.
0: Now, what were you looking to get out of this camp? Because it's not really a pressure situation, is? it? it's more like get acquainted, right?
1: Yeah, it's you know it's they said there's no evaluation or anything. You just come here and have fun and enjoy it. And um, I mean, it's pretty tough not to. Anyways, I mean the the way they welcome you here and, and make me feel comfortable has been has been phenomenal. So, I mean, I haven't felt nervous for a second being around here on or off the ice. So, I mean, I'm just having fun with it. And when I go out on the ice, it's just you know just be creative and just do my thing.
0: Now, this camp wasn't just about hockey, was it? You guys did a lot of stuff off the ice as well. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of off ice stuff in, in the weight room, and you know I think that's maybe even been the biggest part of the camp. Um, you know I've learned so much, so many different things that that I need to work on every day to improve my flexibility and and core strength to you know keep a keep a strong lower back and and that sort of stuff. So, um, you know just working on that for the last two days, my my body's felt great on the ice. So I can't can't imagine if you do that stuff every day.
0: Now I know Sidney Crosby was around today. Did you get a chance to meet him?
1: Uh, I didn't meet him, but i uh, he's been around the last two days when I've been in the gym, so uh it's pretty cool watching him. Um and then he was on the ice too when I walked in this morning. So seeing a guy like that and seeing his gear sitting in the room just beside you is uh pretty crazy.
0: You're gonna go back to juniors this season, Caitlin, almost certainly. What's left for you to do there? How can you refine your game even more at that level?
1: Uh, you know, just make sure I produce more five on five. Um you know, don't rely so much on power play or, or anything like that. And, and obviously for my size, I need to defend harder. Um, and, you know, we're going to have a good team this year, so I can, you know, we'll, we might not play in the D zone as much, but, um, you know, I mean, just just like I said, I need to work on my defense if I want to play at the next level. So I need to establish that I can be, be trusted defensively in all uh, areas and times of the game.
0: Now, junior hockey's a lot of fun, isn't it? I mean, I know the crowds are nuts. The games have a lot of passion, don't they?
1: Yeah, it is. Our fans in Lethbridge are unbelievable. So uh, it makes for some fun nights there, and, and especially in the playoffs. It's uh, it's a phenomenal place to play.
0: Well, we have some fun nights in Pittsburgh sooner, or not later, I'm sure, Kalen. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time. Real good stuff, and we'll see you at training camp.
1: Thank you very much.
0: That's Kalen Addison. Boy, the kid can talk. He can play like he can talk. We're going to like him. No, I've watched some tape. He's kid's really good. Really, really, really good. We'll talk more hockey with Jason Mackey at the bottom of the hour. Up next, we got that flag football thing in town this weekend. I'm going to tell you the story of an NFL player from Pittsburgh who played in a flag football tournament and won the Super Bowl in the same year. That's up next, Gerald, 105.9 The X. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X heading to Homedale, New Jersey. For tomorrow night's Foreigner, White Snake, and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Evening Show. Going to see White Snake five times on this tour. Holmdel, New Jersey, just south of Newark. So you fly into the Newark airport, drive south for about 25 minutes. You avoid the glitz and glamour in New York, but you avoid the traffic too. It's going to be a pretty easy in and out, and I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, I won't run into Tony Soprano or Paulie Walnuts or any of them. Uh, over the weekend. Uh, there's a story in the Post-Gazette about the Pirates' drop in attendance. Boy, what timely reporting. Welcome to the 21st century, Buck Rogers. Glad you could make it. But uh, the story does point out that the Pirates' attendance drop this year is the third worst in MLB. The Pirates' drop in attendance is 27.5%. MLB's drop is 6.6%. The Pirates are broken, yo. The trust is gone between the team and a big portion of the fan base. The Pirates are broken, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. going to get a lot worse. Uh, The guy who runs Barstool Sports, the cutting edge of the new wave of sports journalism, uh, the guy who runs that site told a female employee while on the air, that in five years should be too ugly to work in front of the camera. She cried, she stormed off, and then the guy who runs Barstool wouldn't apologize and started yelling F-bombs. And keep in mind, his boss is a woman. Now that is cutting edge. That is the future of sports journalism. Uh, No, actually, any place else would get fired. But when you're in the A-hole business... I guess you can be an a-hole. The Washington Capitals lost their coach, Barry Trotz. Brooks Orpik went to Colorado, got bought out. Maybe he'll come back to the Caps, but otherwise they appear to be keeping everybody else. They signed John Carlson last week, their number one defenseman. Eight years, $8 million per year. And now they signed Michael Kempney, one of their top four D. And even though they didn't qualify Devonte uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly in restricted free agency, he's the bottom six swing who had seven goals in the playoffs, they did now sign Smith-Pelly to a one-year deal. The Capitals are going to be really hard to beat again next year. I was hoping John Carlson would fly the coop, and then it kind of falls apart, but he didn't, and it won't. Oh, and uh, today, the Caps appointed Todd Reardon as the new head coach. Uh, He was an assistant last year under Trotz, an assistant here in Pittsburgh uh, under Dan Bilesma as well. Uh, Reardon's a very good coach, and that's going to be a smooth transition. I mean, he was there last year. What's he going to change? No reason to. Going to do the same thing. The Caps are going to be a tough out. Hey, they always are. In NBA news, and yes, I talk about the association way too much. That's how you know you're dialed in to the NBA. You call it the association. Uh, LeBron James opted out of his contract today in Cleveland, and Stephen A. Smith said on ESPN that the Cavs owner, uh, his name's Dan Gilbert, uh, Stephen A. says the Cavs owner is not at all upset about the prospect of LeBron leaving Cleveland. And I can see that enough already. The guy's just a total narcissist, a monumental pain in the ass, and a control freak. If you pick up LeBron, he's your new GM and he's your new coach. Cleveland would have done better to dump LeBron last year and keep Kyrie Irving. Irving's a great player and a lot more manageable, and he'd still be there. Now, when LeBron leaves, Kyrie is still going to be gone, he'll still be in Boston. Although his contract has, what, one more year, and he wants to go to New York. They all do till they get there. So LeBron came, and yeah, he won a championship in Cleveland, so he fulfilled his part of the bargain. But now he's probably going to be gone, and he doesn't care what happens after, and he ran Kyrie out of town. I'd love to see LeBron and Kawhi on the same team. Kawhi Leonard might get traded from San Antonio to the Lakers, And if that happens, that's probably where LeBron goes. LeBron and Kawhi, they both want what they want and don't care what anybody else wants, including Kawhi won't care about what LeBron want and LeBron won't care about what Kawhi want. Them two on the same team, that could fail as easy as succeed. Uh, The flag football guy on earlier today, we got the uh, American Flag Football League playoffs at Highmark Stadium uh, this weekend, and we had one of the players on, used to play for the University of Texas, and that got me thinking about various versions of that game, flag football, touch football, whatever. I did a story years ago for the Post-Gazette about the national championship of flag football when it was played in Penn Hills, a legitimate national championship, very organized, the field that it was played on, it's not a field no more. It's now the site of a senior citizens home, and I bet a lot of the guys who played in those games I saw now reside in that home. That was in mid '80s, somewhere in there. It must have been '86 because Tom Flynn was between teams in the NFL. Remember him? Played for Penn Hills, played for Pitt, went on to play in the National Football League. Now. Tom Flynn played for Hippos Pub from Penn Hills Flag Football after he got cut by Green Bay in uh, 1986, played for Hippos in this National Flag Football Championship, and then after that, the New York Giants picked him up that same year to finish the season, and he won the Super Bowl. He went from the National Flag Football Championships, which Hippos did not win that year, and won the Super Bowl the same year. Uh, That was big-time flag football. Uh, Like I said, I was at that national championship tournament in Penn Hills, and it was really entertaining to watch. Uh, Lots of former college players. And when I was at Duquesne University a long time ago, uh, late 70s, early 80s, the intramural flag football league was super competitive and super organized. Teams had playbooks and coaches. It was just... I don't know if it was weird or if it was cool. Probably some combination thereof. Now, my buddy Dave Riley, who's probably listening. Hey, Dave. He was like the best flag football player ever. Well, at Duquesne anyway. Then again, except maybe Tom Flint, Dave was really good. Uh, Riley was the shortstop for Duquesne's baseball team, and he was amazing at flag football. Flag football is a real fun game. The rec sports are fun because that's all they're supposed to be, fun. So people let them be fun. Flag football, deck hockey, etc. well, except softball. Softball isn't fun. Wiffle ball is fun. Softball is not. Softball is slower than slower than slower than slow. Uh, getting back to, to flag football, in my neighborhood growing up in Reserve Township, we didn't use flags. Just one-hand touch. And once in a while, you'd play tackle. And somebody would break their collarbone, and it would be back to touch. Uh, we would have an annual turkey bowl uh, the day after Thanksgiving. That doesn't make, you know, my childhood and reserve township unique. I think every neighborhood had one of those. But you would play tackle that day. And everybody would just, you know, every play was a pass. Except one year, I forget who was in on this with me. It was kind of my idea. There was this kid named Eddie Basic, who was this big, tough stocky kid. So we got the brilliant idea that we would line up in a power eye with Eddie Basic at tailback, and we handed him the ball like on every play, and he would just plow people over and inflict all this damage. So the other team wanted to get back at me after, you know, this idea had left a lot of them bloody and, and limping. And so at the end of the game, my team was safely ahead, so they decided to throw me in interceptions. They can tackle me. I spotted that come with a mile away. I just whacked it down. Just knocked it to turf and walked off unscathed and with victory, as I do in life even now. Up next, we're going to talk hockey with Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. Uh, the backlash to this Jack Johnson pickup, I think it's a good pickup. And like I said earlier, what's the difference how much they pay him? It's not your money. If it's one year too long, what's one year? And he only has to be a good bottom pair defenseman. I mean, what's the difference who the bottom pair defenseman is? Last year when the Penguins lost to Washington, you think it was Chad Ruido's fault? I think they could do better than Chad, and Jack Johnson is, but it wasn't Chad's fault. And by the way, it seems like I pick on him. Ruido's a good NHL defenseman. As a number seven, playing about 35 games a year. And that ain't an insult. That gets you a bigger paycheck than mine. A little bit bigger. 105.9 X.